It's a creativatorium. <laughs> With your host, Sam Prince. That's me. Well, we talk everything acting. One of my favorite passion topics. And everything else in between. With very special guests, we talk film, theater, modeling, screenwriting, directing, design, behind the scenes, and so much more. So let's get crack a lackin' and see what we have in store this week. And action! This is the Creativatorium Podcast, and I'm your host, Sam Prince, and I am with my longtime friend and buddy, Greg Graham. How are you, sir? Sam, so good to catch up with you in all any kind of these digital platforms here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you volunteered to jump on, man. And I um I'm just I can't wait to talk about your work and your music and everything. And you know, I like I was saying before we got on, you know, this podcast is about art, you know, in all forms. You know, and I, I like acting is my realm, but music is definitely art and something that that's a part of performing and creativity and all that stuff, man. So uh, you are an inspiration, man. I, and I can't wait to talk about you. <laughs> Brother Sam, man, I thank you so much. I mean, it's, you know, what it's like um, growing up in Detroit uh well, yeah just we're surrounded we were surrounded by art great art you know especially in that yeah. era so oh yeah yeah i i'm regularly i use act you know actors and acting and shows that i watch as a great outlet for me um yeah so i always feel like you know sometimes even with the music that i'm doing um some music can fit particular shows you know, or yeah, background of things like that, like the whole sync licensing world is is really appealing to me too. So, heck yeah, man, heck yeah. In fact, that's funny you said that because I would love for it in the future do a film soundtrack by Greg Graham. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed, like, um, I had an opportunity back in like 20, I want to say 2012 or 13, maybe, maybe 2014, but um, uh, it was a web series called Math Warriors. And mm. I was doing the music score for the web series. And that was the first time I've ever done scoring, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're capturing the emotions of the people, right. you know, so it's not like me just making a track and, you know, like it's, you know, just people are head nodding for three minutes, you know, it's not, yeah. right. it's more like what's happening on the screen. And then the other thing too, with scoring is the sounds that are available to use for scoring. I was using a lot of orchestral types of sounds, you know, just okay. for like, let's say suspense, you have these lower sure. strings happening. You're like, nah, 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 yeah. like right. and you have like hits or strikes when someone pops in 
you know, behind somebody, like suddenly, you know, they have a sure. big ass stab, you know, so it, it was, it was much different than the usual types of sounds that I use when I'm just making um, tracks, you know, to be released, like on streaming services or, you know, give out to DJs and things like that. Sure. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. And it, timing is involved too, right? Big. I mean, yeah. 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 So you got to hit that pop. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's impressive that you have already done that, man. That's, that's so cool. It was a great start. Um, yeah. Christina Harris Peterson is uh, the director of the project and did, did fairly well. Um, it's NYU based. So okay. they had, you know, like a good cast of people that they were able to get um, from, you know, a couple were a few were students and then others were actors here in New York. But it was it was really good. It was really good to be a part of that. Um, you know, just being able to use music in a very different way than what I normally do. You know, right, right, exactly. So let's tell the audience what Greg do. <laughs> how, what, like, how did you get started? What made you say, you know, music is my thing? You know, did it go back to Detroit? And kept us up to now, man. Well, I mean, aside from running around those high school halls with you. Laugh until we cried. Exactly. Okay. Right. Besides that, um, it really started to happen when I was taking piano lessons um, when I was a kid, right? My mom was a, a piano teacher. And mm. from that, like, it got to the point where, you know, we, were, we got high school age. And there's that conflict that always happens with people, especially at that time when, you know, how do you spend your after school time? Because, you know, for the longest time, I was, you know, going to music lessons and, you know, that was cool. But all my friends were playing sports and they were, um, you know, like getting involved in other activities, like for after school. And I wanted right. to sports too. So I ended up running track. And then I have friends that all, in addition to playing sports, were DJing because at that time, like everyone, it was all about DJing then in Detroit. Like everyone had Technics 1200 turntables. Um, I, they, they were like so available back then. You know, like now they're like super rare and really expensive. But back in right. the day, they were just like what, three, four, well, 400, 499. Um, but for some reason, everyone had turntables and like, you know, my mom was just like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I, I definitely want to play sports. And I just started learning turntables uh, just from friends. And eventually um, we moved downtown Detroit because uh, I was the last kid to go to college. So my mom wanted to move into like a smaller, smaller place. And I ended up just walking around, you know, getting used to the area. And it was right in downtown. Then I was on Gratiot and Riapel, which is like very downtown, just slightly east. 
And there was a studio. And like every time I walked by it, they had music going. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what it's this. Then I go in and they're playing lots of techno and lots of house. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't know whose studio it was until I walked in and I met this dude named Kevin. And he was just like, yeah, you know, um, what do you, you know, what, what are you doing for your summer? You know, this and that. And I go, well, yeah, I just moved down here, blah, blah, blah. This is back in the day when you could get a job and walk in places. <laughs> right, right. First, have to we put that in context because, yeah, it's not like I'm just, you can do that now at all. But right. um, at that time, he was like, all right, cool. And, you know, I'm a 16 at the time. Um, turned out that this guy, Kevin, was Kevin Saunderson uh, from the, the techno group Inner City. And mm-hmm. Kevin Saunderson is often credited as being one of the, you know, main founders of techno music in general. So, like, mm-hmm. before it spread to Belgium and Germany and, like, all of these places around the world, uh, we were, you know, gigging the techno for a really long time. I mean, you remember in high school, we had DJs for, like, their different high school dances. And there were often, like, either DJs from the radio or DJs that, we're playing techno on uh, house right. music. Chicago was nearby. It's like a four-hour drive to Chicago. So it was pretty, you know, lots of influence was from there too. Right. So ended up you know, just like interning in quotes. You know, with him, he's like, yeah, so what, what are you doing next week? He's like, yeah, well, I got a, I got some cables I need to unravel and this and that. And, you know, da, da, da. <laughs> and I could be stacked in you know, storage and this and that. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Right. It was like my first foray into doing something in the industry. Yeah. After that, you know, I went to Michigan. Um, Go blue. And Arbor in the house. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, ended up getting where up. we also did a bunch of laughing and oh, well, yeah. till we yeah. cry. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, you know, the, the saga continues, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, like, I ended up getting on uh, WBN there, which is their campus broadcast network. That was the yeah. radio station. Yeah. So, um, you know, played there. And then, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, um, after Michigan, I ended up taking a trip with my oldest brother, my sister-in-law and two nieces to Disney World. And unexpectedly, I ended up getting a job at Disney. And uh, really? Yeah, I know. Like it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> like I did I wasn't going down to Orlando and say, hey, okay, I'm gonna go apply to these places. Not at all. Because I was actually planning on going to UCLA for their extension program. And it was a music business extension program. And even like Quincy Jones was one of the faculty and stuff like that. So I was like, wow. okay, I need to be there, right? But right. on this trip, and then I ended up talking to this manager of this house music club um, called Mannequins. And that, like, it was a really, really dope club. Um, lots of people were going there. Uh, this Pleasure Island place, uh, it was positioned as an escape for, you know, all the people 21 and up 
who spent their whole day with the kids at the parks. Okay. <laughs> no, this was an island full of clubs that they had in Orlando. I know. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Remember is, that? It, is it still there? No, no, it's not, it's not there, there anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they changed it. I remember know, that. But you do remember, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it was really dope. They had it like, was dope. Yeah. They had a. There was fireworks, wasn't there? Fireworks every day, every night. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was really dope, and um, that's great. And what'd you do? You I was down I, there for them. I was what was called a greeter because you know, in the real world, that would be called a bouncer or a doorman. But <laughs> anybody that hasn't seen me, I don't really fit the the <laughs> of a bouncer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, neither do I. I. <laughs> I'm like what five nine, and you know. A, a strong hurricane wind could blow me, blow me down. <laughs> but yeah, I just think that, um, like by doing that, I ended up meeting the two gentlemen who own the company called Promo Only. Pete and Jim were the owners, and they um, both worked at Disney as well as DJs. Um, Pete was the main DJ at Mannequins, the club where I worked. Jim was a DJ at all of the clubs because like he would be like the rotating dj okay so play you know like when people were taking breaks you know for their lunch or meal break or whatever he would come in seamlessly and play whatever format they were playing at that club right okay so, um okay I was meeting them and they started this music promo company where they promoted new music from the labels to other professional djs so okay like as you can imagine we were all working at night you know at pleasure island but in the days i had it the days free so with the days um <laughs> mind you i was 22 at 22 or 23 i was 22 at the time when i met them and my metabolism was crazy right like right. I, could, I could sleep for three hours and be good you know like Sure. Oh yeah. You know that now would be an impossibility. But <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe like one day, one day. Man, do that. And I then the next day, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It was like a really good, good time because I was able to um, work in the day, kind of like volunteer for them. And then eventually I was there so much each day that they felt like, you know what, you're here all the time. We might as well pay you, right? Right. So I ended up working with them part-time and Disney full-time. They eventually flipped that and went full-time at Promo Only and part-time at Disney. And okay. then, you know, been working with them full-time. Eventually they asked me, do I want to move to New York? And and you can vibe with this well. Like, as a kid who left Detroit and went to Florida, it was really hard to imagine going back to, <laughs> you know, yeah. winter, um, right. you know, gray snow, you know, because we all know it looks all nice in the movies when it's coming down and it's white. But then, you know, you're left with the slush the next day. Right. Um, 
you know, like there's a lot of things where I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm trying to leave here at all, you know, but right, right. I knew that like, in order for me to advance in the industry, I had to like leave Orlando, um, which, sure. you know, as great as it was for friends and, you know, like for just the general living at that time was great. Um, right. I knew that the meet more people, be involved in more stuff. So I had to come up here to New York. Right. And Orlando's not the mecca of the music entertainment industry. Yeah. Probably. You know, and the ironic thing about it is there's a lot of music that did come out of Orlando, but in terms of the industry itself, um, right. you know, like there's a lot of underground dance music that is well known that came out of Orlando at that time. And then as an even even bigger sense, nearly every boy band at some point for 15 years came from Orlando, starting with like, <laughs> and, you know, like all of them, like all of them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Every one of those things. And it was like the whole, okay, we need four dudes. Okay, let's try four ladies, you know. <laughs> all of that was decided somehow in Orlando for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right. I ended up. So then- like you went to New York. Yeah, went to New York, still worked for promo only. And this time I was doing what's called mix show promotion. So um labels would hire our company to promote to DJs and to basically find out if they're able to play new songs and see if they can fit it into their mix shows. You know how like I'm there there's a regular playlist that the radio stations play every day. But then at night, they would do what are called the mix shows. And those are often like the seamlessly blended, you know, like shows where it's like song after song after song where blended together like you would be in a club, right? right? So in Detroit, we had, you know, The Wizard, we had Mojo, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we had like DJs like that that were yeah. playing, you know, like the full two, three hours span or whatever it was. And, and DJs did that across the country. So it was my job then to get in touch with those DJs to see if they can play the new records that labels um, hired us to promote. So after three years of that in New York, they asked me if I wanted to go to London. And I think my response was, okay, when's my flight? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding? Of course. You know, right? Yeah. So to do the same thing. Well, it was actually a slightly higher position because at this point, you know, like I had the um, the background of the company. You know, like I was the right. the quote unquote culture of the company. You know, right? Yeah. Um, I was basically there as an executive producer to make sure that we were still promoting music that was new from labels and getting it to professional DJs at this time over there, primarily in the UK, but um, because the UK at that time was part of the whole European Union. So we also dealt with other countries like France, Sweden, Germany, Um, but we were primarily focused on UK DJs. And that, you know, I ended up staying there as long as I could. Uh, (laughs) I stayed (laughs) almost six years there and okay fantastic time um still have friends like many friends from that time 
to this day. And I had to pick a place to come back to from London. So okay. I had to, you know, those six years of, of cloudy weather, um, even though, you know, it was fun. <laughs> You know, I was just like, yeah, but damn, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really just cloudy every day? Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I mean, it gets sunny sometimes, but it's not much. Like, it really isn't that much. And wow. I think the reason I ended up enjoying it so much there, though, was, you know, I was in a new place. You know, I was American. Sure. I walked out, you know, people like, you talk quite funny. Now, what part of the state are you from? <laughs> and, you know, it's like no matter what I did or said, you know, even, you know, because like, they can spot Americans, you know, a kilometer away to see what I did there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, it was. Kilometers. Right. But <laughs> I ended up, like, after London, um, I went to, I, I landed in Orlando. Figured that, like, you know what? It's, I've been in big cities for over 10 years at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I was like, as much as I love the people that I knew in Orlando and the new people that I met, I still needed more of a city. So that's when I went to Miami. And yeah. Miami was the closest place for, you know, that level of diversity. And of course, Miami is a huge music city as well but yep. you know a different angle of music but still nonetheless known really well for its music so yeah um so i went down to miami and that's when you know i started djing and discovering that whole lounge life you know of like yeah. at, at hotel bars like people in at least miami beach area and and close parts of downtown would go to these hotels. And it, it was it was like a really, really good vibe, good scene. Um, so I got to got my exposure into like chilled music and like that sexy loungy house type of sound. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Comfort Crusade was born. In fact, Comfort Crusade is you know the name that I go by and it was given to me by who I call my DJ mama, Cassandra, because, you know, mom, you know, often names your kids, right? <laughs> right, yes. She gave me the awesome. name, Crusade, and yeah, so it stuck, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Nice, man. Producing. Nice. Comfort Crusade, that is you. So if somebody, once to find Comfort Crusade, what's the best way to do it? Or what are the top three ways to, to get some, some music? Um, Comfort Crusade can be found on all of the streaming services. You know, all of them. And pretty, I mean, at least all the ones I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably right. the other ones. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe not. But all the big <laughs> And, you know. All right. So you just yeah. go to Spotify, type in Comfort Crusade, bam. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know because I know I listen to you on Apple because I'm an Apple guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Apple Music, Spotify, Angami, Deezer, Tidal, you know, all of yeah. them. Yeah, right, it. right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the Comfort Crusade really is a beautiful name because it really is just comfort music, man. It's just nice vibe, chilling, maybe with a mojito. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Type of music, man. What do they say? Like in those toys, you know, mojitos not included, right? <laughs> exactly. Or on the, you know, the it says serving suggestion. You know, they add some other stuff like right. tomatoes around the dish or whatever. Right. right. <laughs> add a little comfort crusade. Right. Yeah. Two tablespoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so i'm i'm just curious uh you know when i listen to it man it's it's so dope and so like layered right. this is what you this is what you're doing uh but I, just walk me through how you produce that man. how you how you come up with the sounds and the you know what I mean? And I know you got some with, with some background vocals. Tell me how all that comes together. Well, you know, there, there's a couple <coughs> approaches that I'll take. Um, sometimes I'm working with real, live, living, breathing human artists. Uh, <laughs> I have to okay. that these days because, you know, there's also on the other side of things, a lot of digital samples that are available to be used. And I'm, I'm an advocate of doing both things. I like, you know, working with the artist because you can get exactly what your idea is from that. Whereas when you're working with samples, you, you know, you kind of start with something. And if you want it to be something else, you have to really know how to manipulate the sample to make it what it is that you're thinking of. Whereas like right. when you're talking to a singer, you can say, oh, can you sing this? Or can you? Can you make a harmony on that or can you do you know like and they just do it you know and it's great right yeah they come with their own you know style as well like so there's some singers or or i should say there's singers and there's vocalists right and and i i love both right because yeah. some people are great at just providing an environment with their voice like um i work with jana clark who's a friend slash vocalist in Miami. And like her thing is more of like, she's, she doesn't sing as much as she does just, you know, whisper, chill vibes, you know, like just speak, you know, rather than sing, you know, because a lot okay. of that music, it's not, it doesn't really require like the usual verse, hook, verse, hook outro right you know, like, yeah yeah you know it like that kind of music is usually when people are chilling they sort of want to not hear much and, and this is just my observation right. you know like right. people inside by a hotel you know or a lounge bar or a rooftop and they're really chilling like they don't want to hear a singer's problems like i can't believe he <laughs> left me and i'm gonna be good on my own you know like, <laughs> Right. F you. F you and 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Suddenly they're drinking that mojito real quick, trying to get out. Right. Of it. Right. Right. You know, but like, yeah, thing, like, like it's it's the the cool thing about that kind of music that it is kind of minimal on the vocals. So, um, you know, it's just it's just the the style of that. A lot of it is it's it's rare that you hear stories, you know, said show sure. music, but it can be obviously it's done and done very well in some instances. But um, so I, that's how like I either pick vocalists and or singers. Sometimes I combine them, like on a track just landed that is a current track out on Ibiza Sessions. And that one is got a singer from Cape Town named LB and Jana. She's doing the other vocals on that too. Um, okay. So the it okay. can work well together too. It just depends on the concept of the song. Sure. Sure. See, I mean that that's just when you hear you talk it through, it's like it, it's just it's just so amazing, man. You know, just you know, you, you hear a song and you're just like, wow, that's great, but but to hear how it's made and the background of it and how you put it together and the sampling and the vocals and I mean it's like wow. But it it it, yeah. it it it's it makes me speechless, man. Because it's like, you know, I I I I love music. I mean, that's I, I always tell my wife, it's like sex and music. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of a toss up, man. It really is. That's how much I love it. <laughs> but you know, I have no idea how to put it all together. You know what I mean? You know, though, like I I think we're in a great era now. For, for many instances is that um, music can be made where you don't have to spend years and years, you know, doing music theory like I did, you know, just to yeah. make these simple songs. I mean, to be honest, most music that isn't classical is much simpler than classical music. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Terms of the structure of it, the complexity, um, you know, like there are sometimes in some classical uh, pieces, you can, you know, they're, they're chords with like four or five notes, like on the regular, you know, and, and like in, right. in music or, you know, things that people dance to, it's never that, you know, it's not that complex. It doesn't have to be, right? Right, so, right. You know, to study theory is, is a cool thing, but it's not needed today. And there are a lot of different software tools that you can use to really speed up your production, or at least in terms of getting the idea out, because a lot of times you may make a production idea, and then you might decide later, you know what, this would sound much better with a, a person actually playing the bass instead of me clinking it out on a keyboard, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, they can hear the idea, like a, a real bass player can hear the idea, and they go, okay, yeah, I can do that, or I can do something like that. And then you just let them loose and do what they do. And then it gives it that real, like, soul to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I do, like, there's some tracks where I've gotten a friend of mine, uh, Victor, who he was a chef for a really long time in London. And I hadn't seen him in a few years. <clears throat> Went to 
and suddenly he's got like three bass guitars at home and he plays really, really, really dope. I was like thinking, what happened? You know? Right. So he, he picked up, you know, playing the bass and, you know, we went, you know, we did some recording together and he did the bass, like the live bass for several of my tracks. Um, but it's good, like sometimes I do want that really, really electronic, you know, like super cold digital sound for sure. some, but other ones I want that real warm, like almost danceable kind of feel that a, a live bass will give you. So it just depends on like what, what the track is calling for is what I think. Right. Awesome, man. Awesome. So what, uh, what are you working on now? What's what's on Greg's calendar and plans right now? Now uh, I've got these two EPs out um, on all of the friendly digital streaming services. Uh, yes. Ibiza Sessions and Ibiza Sessions 2. And that came from when I had popped out there for a few days. By the way, if you're going from New York to Ibiza, I highly recommend spending more than four days, including travel, because... <laughs> You know, it's just not, it's not Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that close. It's it's not like Boston or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not flight and then, you know, there and I'm there. I'm like, okay. And then I'm suddenly six hours ahead, you know, in time, right? Yeah, right, right. So I'm like, okay, okay, no, no. I'm I'm fine. I'm good. You know? Right, right. Trying to go so, back to the three hours of sleep. Right, right. And then, you know, like decades later, it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> right. it, this, is, this is a little more challenging than it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it beautiful there, though? Man, it is ultra beautiful. Like, it's yeah. it's really cool. Um, it's also a great musical center also for Europe and Africa. Um, really, a lot of people go to Ibiza, and especially in the summertime, because it's for for decades now. Ibiza was it has become like a major like house music player in the world scene. Um, a lot of DJs from around the world uh, tend to pick residency spots, meaning that they, you know, will stay on the island for two or three months and DJ at a particular club. And these are usually DJs that are like fairly well known, you know, and wherever okay. they live the rest of the year. It's just, okay. it's kind of like, imagine like festival on steroids, you know, how there's Coachella and like all these others, right? Yeah. Uh, imagine it being a summer long festival, but wow. you know, different clubs and different, even lounges and things like that. And speaking of the lounges, um, the first time I went to Ibiza, I was living in London during that time. And I went in what's considered the off-season. The off-season is usually from, like, October to, like, April. And okay. that's where, like, the whole chill-out and chill-vibe sound came from, is Ibiza. Um, there's a really well-known cafe there called Cafe Del Mar, 
which is kind of credited as sparking the whole chill music because it's nothing like the house music that you hear in the summer where it's banging house and it's like danceable and you can dance for all day, right? Yeah. Um, this is more like, you know, like drinks, um, like appetizers. It's like really loungy. It's very like the environments in these lounges are made, designed really nicely. Um, okay. Yeah, and they do that for like, was the colder months in you know the rest of the northern hemisphere and okay a lot of people go down there like you know if it's cold in london you pop down at visa it's not that cold at all there and you could be in these really like cool loungy spots with like long white curtains and you know the serving staff is really cool giving you all kinds of drinks you never heard of you know (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah, it's that's really, awesome, man. Way, way more chilled out. Also, like the the music is slower, usually like more down tempo. You know, okay, electronic. You know, still very electronic, but very laid back. You know, chill. gotcha, man. All right, so you got the two EPs. Yeah, and also an album, full length album, Ethereal. Um, that's also out on every streaming service you can imagine. And that's been really a, a that that one kind of just raised the level of a lot of the the listeners and you know, like different media outlets that have been really nice enough to get in touch with me. Um, Ethereal has been doing really well. 15 tracks on there i've recorded a lot with you know like that uh vocalist from cape town um in miami as well and la um some of it's instrumental you know others are just more songs or phrases just thrown into on top of the instrumentals but it's really cool it's definitely a good good vibe if you just want to chill and but one of my friends was telling me they're like you know I actually I cleaned my living room to your to your house. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, to me it's a win. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. In fact, I'm, I'm gonna try that now too. <laughs> well, me too. Sure. You know? Well, yeah. That's a great idea. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, shoot. Where are you listening to what you're doing? And that's the I, I think one thing I, I like about you know what I'm doing with Comfort Crusade as a, a music is it's not music that's trying to be something else. It is it it just is right. you know it serves a purpose. You know, like yeah. purely you want some stuff that's like kind of in the background. It's not going to take over your entire experience. You know, like like I'm yeah. not trying to get people to come and sing it with me. Just like whatever right. you're doing, you know, and you don't want it to be, you know, dead silent underneath your 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 conversations. You just want right. something in the back. Um, exactly. You can do that, or if you're by yourself and you're laying stretched out on a balcony in like Miami, for instance, and you right. got headphones on, and you just want to totally like slightly escape for a few minutes. You know, you can do yeah. that. Yeah. 
Exactly, man. Exactly. That 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 is the beauty of your music, man, and beauty of music in general. Because I love all kinds of music. I mean, seriously. When when people say that, you're like, "Hey, do you like country?" And they're like, "No, I don't like country. I like country. You know, I like everything." So <laughs> when uh, and when I'm in a certain mood, you know, like you know, when I want to work out, you know, I'll throw some some uh you know kendrick on or maybe you know yeah but if i want to if i want to chill if i just want to relax i'm gonna throw some comfort crusade on you know that's the beauty of music man whatever vibe you're feeling there's something for it you make a good point sam because yeah like you know it's not mistaken i mean i totally love and grew up as a hip-hop kid you know, and right. yeah, you know, like so, and worked in the industry during that time, like all that '90s stuff. Like a lot of that music, the hip hop, especially the stuff that I was getting paid to like talk to about DJs. You know, like and getting them playing those records, all the Puffy and you know the West yeah. stuff, and you know, like I mean that I'm definitely no stranger to that. And and I'm with right. you. when you want when you want a certain vibe or feel, you go to those things like. You know, I don't necessarily right. want to go to um, Ice Cube for, you know, some <laughs> Asian music or right. something, you know? No, no, no. Like, no. I mean, he he just, he didn't have to use his AK, man. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be thinking about an AKA or AK when you're yeah, trying you to know, That's his kind of good day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mine is like, you know, the mojito is the right. you know, light breeze, you know. Yeah. You know, no bullets, you know what I'm saying? No bullets. <laughs> You're right. Maybe water gun, you know. Maybe, but it, maybe. maybe I'm expecting it, not like if it's. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. Gotta be expecting it. <laughs> Don't want to be shocking people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, bro, I want you to come back and talk some more and finish up our conversation, man, because we, we've we already vibed, and I love it, and I, I want to continue, man. Is that possible? Yeah, it definitely is, man. You know, cool, man, cool. All my, all right. all my platforms and reachability, <clears throat> anything you want, man, hit me up. Yes, yes. All right, so we'll wind this first section up right now. And, uh, you know, Comfort Crusade, even ComfortCrusade.com, right? They can even yep. go there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Beautiful. Um, and then um, we'll have you back real soon, man. Like, cool. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds good. Cool, man. Cool. All right. So we'll wind it up here. Thanks for listening, y'all. This is the Creativatorium. Thank you for my guest, Greg Graham. So appreciative him and uh we'll see you next time and remember all the world's a stage hey everyone thanks for listening to the creativatorium so excited for season two and so excited that you are listening really appreciate it just want to ask a quick favor of you we Samer productions our theatrical group 
did a play about Frederick Douglass last year, the great Frederick Douglass, who uh, was a great abolitionist and really helped free slaves back in the 1800s. And our goal is to get it into as many schools and businesses across the country as possible um, to, you know, raise awareness, increase diversity, and just educate children and adults about a figure that they might not, maybe they heard about, but don't really know about. It's a great play. So if you have some connections or, or, or ideas, please contact us at Samber Productions, either on Facebook or our email is Samber, P-R-O-D, 2021 at Gmail. That's S-A-M-B-E-R-P-R-O-D, 2021 at gmail.com. And would love to entertain any ideas or, or leads or, or contacts that you may have. Because we really want to get it into as many schools and, and businesses as we can. I forgot to leave out the most important part in February for Black History Month. That's our goal. Black History Month, really promote our play. So we'll love your help and really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Creativatorium Podcast. Again, my name is Sam Prince, and it is my honor to be your host, and thank you so much for listening. I would also be honored if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and say some nice things about what you just heard. And definitely please listen every week. We come out every Tuesday. Also, for more information about coaching classes, workshops, and upcoming productions, please check out our website, samber.productions. That's S-A-M-B-E-R dot productions. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And remember, all the world's a stage.